This is a quest for the truth, featuring Kevin Watts. Good day, everyone. Here are the five things that I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and was seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, for which he shall come back again to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen. I believe ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things. I believe that the family unit is the key, the linchpin, if you will, to a just and orderly society. I believe the only way to economic empowerment and indeed economic freedom and prosperity is through the free market capitalist system coupled with political freedom. I believe America is the greatest country in the world. And with that, I'd like to touch on a topic that's been in the news recently. Reparations. Reparations uh, in particular for African-Americans, black folks, um, before I give my opinion on it, I'd like to go through a little bit of background as to how we came to this point in history. First act of, attempted act of reparations, as to say, was conducted by President James Monroe, who had a proposal to send African slaves back to Africa. And this notion was not only supported by him, he was one of the main supporters, it was supported by others who said that the slaves should be shipped back to Africa because that's where they belong. Uh, this, there were some slaves that were actually sent back to Africa. And they established a country that is now today called Liberia. In fact, the capital of that country is named after James Monroe, Monrovia, because of his efforts to accomplish this goal. But this goal was not really realistic, A, because the slave owners did not want to give up their cherished property. And it sort of the movement sort of petered out. Uh, the second attempt at Reparations uh, was after the Civil War, just after the Civil War ended. January uh, 1865, uh, there was a proposal by a group of black ministers to Secretary of War Edward Stanton, Edwin Stanton, excuse me, and General William T. Sherman that there was a certain parcel of land, about 400,000 acres, stretching from uh, Charlotte, uh, excuse me, from Charleston, South Carolina, down to uh, St. John's River, which connects Florida and Georgia, uh, that that land would be, and any other islands east of that land, would be granted to the slaves, taken away from the slave owners, 
from plantation owners and given to the slaves, it will be divided up into plots of land, which was determined to be 40 acres of land for each slave family. Um, this program would have proceeded except uh, the assassination of President Lincoln at the time brought about a new president, Andrew Johnson. And President Johnson was a slave owner and an avowed white supremacist. And that was not going to stand while he was in office. So he eliminated the program that was established, returning that land back to the slave owners. So that was the point, in my opinion, where you had the best opportunity at some sort of reparations that would have been the least divisive for the country. And I've heard arguments and say that that would have been illegal to do that. Well, basically, the Confederacy was in rebellion to the Union, so it was sort of as the North was conquering the country and making the country whole again. Because remember, they succeeded from the Union, so they were no longer part of the United States. So when the war ended, essentially the United States took back, the federal government took back what was once part of the United States and had, neglect, and had elected to leave the United States. Therefore, as they say, the, to the victor goes the spoils. So they had every legal right to do this. But unfortunately, with the assassination of President Lincoln, as I said, Andrew Johnson rescinded that, that program. So now we're the another attempt to provide some sort of uh, reparations was the affirmative action movement, which was started in the late 60s. The, coin, the, the, the term affirmative action was actually coined by John F. Kennedy in 1961, where he ordered certain federal agencies to take action to, uh, to provide equality for the races in terms of employment. And he referred to it as taking affirmative action to do so. Uh, it began to expand under President Johnson, expanded after signing the 1964 Civil Rights Act. He uh, expounded on that, expanded that program, the affirmative action program, coupled by President Nixon, Richard Nixon, who ordered goals and timetables to be set for hiring in certain agencies, certain federal agencies, and of course, corporate America and academia followed suit. Uh, where we're at with affirmative action today is a highly controversial issue now. Uh, proponents of affirmative action say this is needed in order to uh, address the past uh, discriminatory practices of certain institutions, both public and private, uh, the per people who oppose affirmative action say that you're, that you're basically 
participating in reverse discrimination and that the goal should be for a colorblind society. First of all, as far as reparations, now there are proposals now, and some have even passed, where people who are descendants of direct descendants of slaves would get a cash payment of a certain amount of money. I, there have been numbers thrown about. I think uh, San Francisco has said that uh, San Francisco and other California cities have said that uh, that that they be that all debts would be rescinded, all debts would be canceled, uh, that you would have uh, access to property for a dollar. One, one, one municipality proposed a dollar uh, that people who are descendants of slaves would be able to purchase property for a dollar. Others, other proposals, direct cash money up to anywhere from 250 to a million dollars a piece or direct people who can prove that they were direct descendants of slaves. Uh, this form of reparations is problematic in a lot of ways. First of all, where is the government going to find the money to accomplish this? Many of these municipalities have deficits already. They can't afford to dispense that kind of capital. Second of all, it's problematic because you're punishing people who necessarily stay homeless. If you recall in your history, California was a free state. There were no slaves in San Francisco in the 19th century, for example, or any other part of California. California was a free state. So now you're going to punish people who did not, who never owned slaves and ask them to give them back money that they had nothing to do with stealing. <laughs> it's it's kind of ludicrous on the face of it. Uh, the way to get to a colorblind society is to get to a colorblind society. That means you eliminate uh, you eliminate color on the application forms. I know that there's a segment now where there's a section now, most applications, whether it's through college or uh, business, where you have the option of opting out and saying you prefer not to say whether or not you are of agreed minority status. The problem with doing that is that if you put down other people naturally, are going to guess one way or another who you are, what your background is. It's just a product of human nature. You're going to wonder, well, what color is he? What, what sex is he? Um, people do this. It's a natural inclination. The goal which everybody should want, is to get to a merit-based, colorblind society. And you cannot do that when you have these programs, such as affirmative action, such as uh, reparations, direct cash payments, and things of that nature. 
one of the things you're doing is you're 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 reinforcing white resentment for people who feel like, well, I had nothing to do with this. I didn't own any slaves. Why should I be punished for something that I didn't do? Or I migrated to the United States 40 years ago. Slavery wasn't around 40 years ago. Why am I being punished for this? Because I'm white. So you're building up white resentment. The way, what has to happen, and I'm praying that it does happen, that black people have to forgive white people for what happened. White people have to understand and empathize and help on an individual level. I'm not talking about a government bureaucratic level, on an individual level. And you have the opportunity to help a black person who's trying, who's trying to make it. Ultimately, what has to happen is one has to show love one for the other. And that we have to base our relationships with each other based on, not on color of skin, but on character. And in many instances, these reparations uh, arguments are just a way to buy votes. First of all, I don't see it. It's not realistic to implement it. Because let me give you an example. I'll give you a personal example. I'm a descendant of slave owners and slaves. Now, where does that, where do I fall into this? Do I, do I get compensation or not? Am I the victim or am I the uh, conqueror who must be diminished? It's not a realistic plan and only inflames tensions between the races. We have to love one another. That's the bottom line. We have to have the content, we have to base people on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin, not on their ethnicity, not on their sex. None of these things matter. What matters is the content of your character. And if you don't have character, you're not, no one can help you in the long run. You're going to lose in the long run anyway without character. But I'll tell you one thing, with character, you can accomplish anything. And I do mean anything. And that's my thoughts on reparations. My name is Kevin Watts, and I'm on a quest for the truth. Won't you join me?